guys, how are you doing? Happy Wednesday. It's good to uh, be here with you for a few moments. Hey, in a moment, I want to share some thoughts on how we can help other people um, in their journey of healing, how we can help other people to step into the healing that I believe God has for everybody in Christ Jesus. Really important message and some thoughts, uh, uh, something we've been speaking about here in our ministry in New England a lot recently, and there's so much need, so vital that we learn to do that biblically and well and not religiously or superstitiously frankly but um, hey let me do a few housekeeping things before that so today is Wednesday uh, November the 2nd and um, a busy few days Uh, we did a conference here on Saturday went really well on the subject of healing services here in Sturbridge Mask uh, Norwalk Connecticut uh, Sunday last uh, I got a new car on Monday, so thanks everybody who um, prayed and helped and donated and all that towards that. So uh, God has blessed me. I have a new Mustang, Mustang Sally. So uh, I have to put a photo up of my Mustang there. But uh, uh, this week, what is going on? We have a service here in Sturbridge Worship Center this evening. My friend Kathy Kirk is going to be holding a faith seminar here in SWC this evening at 7 p.m. Joel uh, is going to be doing a youth evening and going to be a great time there also at 7. Hey, this coming weekend, I'll be here in Sturbridge Worship Centre in the morning. I'll be starting off, kicking off a new series on the subject of growth and inheritance, how we grow into the inheritance that God has for us. It's going to be a really powerful series. I encourage you to check that out. I'll also be ministering in Berkshire Christian Fellowship in uh, the Berkshires in Otis Mass at 4 p.m. in the diner there at Otis. So anybody in Western Mass, so you, Vermont, you'd be very welcome to join us there. Hey, the next day, Monday, November 7th, is my birthday. <clears throat> and I'm not saying how old I am. 53. No. But uh, so on the evening of my birthday, I'm actually traveling with a team of, I think we're 18 or 19. I've stopped counting now. Uh, I think there's a team of 18 and 19 of us going to Ireland for a week. We will be based near Ballymena in the Northern Ireland and uh, basically in a cottage there for a week. Any friends in Ireland, North or South, you'd be welcome to join us. We're going to have four, I'm going to call them the cottage session, sessions. So this is next week on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and the Monday. That would be November 12th, I believe. Um, so you'd be very welcome to join us there if you'd like to. No, that would be the 14th. So we're going to be doing worship and I'll be doing teaching and mentoring in the morning. And then we have a conference with our friends in Newry on uh, the Friday 11th, all day Saturday 12th and Sunday morning, November 13th. We're doing a Believers Conference on the subject of faith. And that's going to be a really powerful time. So keep us in your prayers, if you will. My daughter Noah is coming with us to Ireland. Uh, lastly, I've got a fundraiser out for my trip to Ireland. If anybody would like to donate to my ticket there and expenses, uh, that would be very welcome. I will add a link below this video where you can do that, or you can do that on my website, gjm.org. Boom. Okay. Hey, let me talk for a few moments here about this subject of how we, find my notes here, how do we help people step into the healing that God has for them? It's a really important subject and it is a, um, it's an area, frankly, God uses me in a lot. An area I get a lot of phone calls or emails. I've had three or four this week. I think I've had one today, yeah, on this subject. And, um, you know, there's an awful lot of need out there 
And uh, let me say this, I, I believe we need people in the body of Christ. Um, I was about to use the word specialists, and I, I don't like that because it implies like the special or... But we need, we need people in the body of Christ who specialize in things. There are people I know in the body of Christ who they have a lot of wisdom and revelation on the subject of finances, and they've been a real blessing to me. It actually makes me quite quite angry at times, but also sad when I see people critiquing. I've seen people in ministry who struggle financially, and yet they critique those who God has raised up with the answers for the very needs they have. And that, that's dumb on a stick, that really is. And, uh, you know, there are different graces, different things people are called to in the body of Christ. One of the things I've been used in a lot over the years is helping people step into that place of healing and help people realize maybe why they're not healed and um, help them move forward in that journey. Again, I would say that this should be everybody's call. All of us should be believing God for our own health, obviously, but uh, we should be praying for others. And I... That's actually part of the problem is when we use phrases like praying for, we should be praying for others. Can I say this? Most of the time when, it talk, when we talk about receiving healing, praying for somebody is, excuse me, it's a really unuseful concept because Jesus never prayed for anybody. The disciples never prayed for anybody. Now I know there's one refer only one in the whole of the New Testament regarding healing and prayer. That's James 5, 14 through 16. But, but we, we, what we actually don't need to do is so much pray for people. We need to help people receive from God. Yeah. So let me give you a few quick thoughts on this today. And obviously we've got to be brief. But I always begin with this point. God is not your problem. God is not your challenge. The challenge, and if we, most people won't say it this way, but what's really going in their heart, on in their heart, is it, they're saying some form of, how do I get God to do this? And that's really the wrong response. Rather, what we should be saying is, God has already given this. He's poured out, he's given everything of his fullness that we all receive. He's given everything. And how do we learn to receive what God has already given. How do we learn to appropriate through faith what God has given through grace? That's our challenge. Our challenge is not how do I get God to heal me, but rather how do I help myself or help others step into and receive that healing. Um, again, just a quick side thought here, and I, I feel in a way, um, you know, really when the message of healing began to come back into the body of Christ. It's interesting, really, probably in about the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s was the time that that real message of healing began to be preached uh, profusely in the body of Christ. I'm not saying God wasn't healing people or people weren't preaching healing before that, but it really became mainstream. In the same way as Martin Luther took a confused, and Zwigli and Calvin and others, took a confused church that wasn't clearly preaching on how to have faith for salvation and made it clear and opened the floodgates. Um, in the same way, many people did that, actually primarily here in New England where I live right now, on the subject of healing in the late, let's call it the late 1980s, the 19th century. And it's interesting, but most of the, you know, there were people like Andrew Murray, who was a great writer from South Africa, a leader in the body of Christ at the time. Andrew Murray actually damaged his vocal cords, completely lost his voice, couldn't speak, stopped preaching. He began only writing for several years. And then he came over here, I think he was actually in a conference in New England, then in Old England, where I'm originally from. And he heard about the, the gospel of healing, the message that Jesus still heals. 
received his healing, com was completely healed, healed for the rest of his life. And Andrew Murray wrote a great book on healing. It's so vital that we preach this message, that we learn it. My point in saying this is a lot of the ministries that were around in that period of the late um, 19th century, earlier 20th century, often the primary method of ministering healing wasn't in a church or also wasn't in a like a gospel tent or some crusade thing or something like that they would actually often minister healings in healing in homes one of the best books you can ever read on healing is a book by a lady called Lillian B Yeomans and Lillian Yeomans was a quite a famous doctor I believe she was like a surgeon general in of Canada for a season you know very influential doctor and uh, you know, long story short, she actually got herself addicted to, I believe it was to morphine at the time. She started using morphine because of the stress of her job. Got herself so addicted that it is medically impossible to come off that without dying. And she tried everything, everything she could think of to get healed. And then she began, he, she heard the message of healing and was instantly set free. And she actually gave up a medical practice and spent the rest of her life ministering to the sick. But here's what I want you to catch. Again, I'm not criticizing anything here. You know, we can pray for the sick on the streets or in churches or get a tent or crusades, things like that. But um, what Lillian Yeomans did and many people at that epoch, she actually opened a home and would bring people in who were sick and just literally one-on-one -on -one minister to them, as it were, drip feed them the word of God and help them again and again and again and again and again until they came through to healing and she would see something like about a 98% success rate in healing because it wasn't a question of come and pray. She knew prayer wasn't really the point. She would just work with somebody until, frankly, until they either died or they got healed. Now, as she would say, sometimes people came at, frankly, so near death and so um, in such a weak place of faith, she couldn't get enough truth in them. You know, in the, if somebody came and they died the same day or the next day, that would account for the 2% of people who were not healed. But she'd say everybody who will engage with God would receive healing. Everyone who asks receives, Jesus said, Matthew 7. So how do we help people in healing? Um, again, a few quick thoughts on that. I mean, this is, everybody should learn how to do this. Everybody's going to know somebody who needs healing at some time. Um, secondly, it's, can I say this? It's really hard to hear, help people step into healing who go to the wrong church. Now, any church is the wrong church that doesn't preach on healing. If you go to a church and they don't often regularly preach the Bible about healing, it's going to be really hard for you to get healed. And again, let me say this, all churches are not equal. All teaching about healing is not equal. You know, I, I will get people say to me at times, look, Graham, there are just different streams of teaching and thought in the body of Christ about healing. And I, I kind of usually shrug my shoulders and go, there are, but um, there's God's way and then there's men's way. And, and it's fine for people to say, oh, there's different streams, but you need then to own the consequences when you teach people a way that Jesus didn't teach, when you don't get results with that way. And it's so important we humble ourselves and we come back to the place where we're actually teaching what the Bible really says about this. So let me give you three things that would really help people, that have helped me. The first thing I do, and this can be... It's not hard to do this, but it's hard to apply this in a context. The first thing I really want to do if I'm with somebody is to help them evaluate where their faith is really at. Because 
So often what somebody will do is they have a confused idea themselves of where their faith really is, where they're actually at in their faith. And if we, if we allow people to believe they're in faith when they're not in faith, um, well firstly we can actually be sentencing them to death. We can be, we can be enabling them to walk down a path where they don't receive that healing. Secondly, what happens in the body of Christ is when we, when we go to somebody and we pretend or we we're deluded into thinking they have faith when they actually don't have faith. When that person doesn't get healed, we often, our own faith goes down, or the faith of some younger believer often goes down as well, and we're not helping anybody. People then go around, well, he had all the faith in the world, and why wasn't he healed? And, you know, at times what's actually happening is people are not in faith. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we go to somebody in some belittling, demeaning way, and you don't have faith, but it's actually a helpful thing I really mean that. If, if I am sick and I'm trying to receive healing from the Lord, it, one of my first prayers is actually the prayer in James 1 where I say, Lord, really give me wisdom. Show me where I'm actually at. Not where I'd like to be at, but where I'm actually at. And I think when somebody who's sick and somebody who's helping somebody who's sick will come in true humility and actually say, Lord, um, we, we, you know, at times we can get little indicators of what's going on in somebody's heart. I can, I usually can tell pretty quickly what's going on in somebody's heart. You say how? Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew twelve thirty four. So when I go to somebody, it's not that they make all the right confessions and say all the right things. It's usually what they say afterwards. I've been with people and they'll say, you know, Jesus is my healer, by stripes I'm healed, all these things. And then when I'm, it's like if I give them a little prod, they go, but it's not working. That's what they believe. They believe it's not working. That's the, that was the abundance of the heart. If you step on their toe, what will they say? I'm not advocating you step on somebody's toe. But my point is what we really say under pressure is what we actually think. So firstly, if we can help ourselves or somebody else find out where we're really at in our faith. And I want to say that again lovingly, but while we're still hoping somebody else can pray the prayer of faith for us, looking for somebody with the anointing or the gift, or, you know, if I find enough people to pray for me, I've had people... I, I'll quite often get somebody to come to me and they'll say, Benny Hinn's prayed for me, Bill Johnson's prayed for me, Randy Clark's prayed for me, this person's prayed for me, Kenneth Copeland's prayed for me, and they're kind of like, Graham, will you pray for me? And I'm like, no, you don't need prayer. You need to actually believe what those people preach, because those people aren't preaching go from person to person to person, hoping somebody has the, the magic stick, so to speak, to pray for you, the magic baguette we'd say in French, the magic wand. So number one, let's find out where our faith is. Secondly, help people commit, and I want to underline that word commit, to a plan, and I, I would often say a written, defined, accountable plan that will help them move forward in faith. Now, I'm just being honest, I've been doing this for a, a good number of years. It's often really hard to get somebody to commit to a plan that will move them forward in their faith and then to follow through on that plan and keep themselves accountable. And um, again, I don't say that to criticize anybody, but uh, you know, we, we have an online healing room. You may be watching this video on our healing room. It, it's easy to get people to sign up for this group, but very few are those who'll commit and every day engage in the things we're saying and come back to them. And I understand that because Satan does not want us to continue in the word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my, my disciple indeed. You'll know, UNESCO, become one with the truth and the truth will 
make you free. So there's a journey from continuing in the word that leads us to freedom. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, keep them before your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, my words, are life to those who find them and health or healing to all of their flesh. So to receive healing, we've got to commit. And again, you know, it's just been my experience, but until we were willing to actually write something down and commit and, as it were, tick that box every day and actually do it. You know, I'm, I'm working on losing weight and uh, embracing a healthy lifestyle, and I've committed to go to the gym five days a week. I don't get up and think, should I, shouldn't I? How's the weather today? I get up, I put my exercise clothes on, drink a couple of black coffees and just go to the gym. I want to think about it afterwards, not before. And I think in the same way, we've got to exercise ourselves. Bodily exercise, well, it profits a little, Paul says. Godly exercise profits greatly. We've got to exercise our faith in the Word. So if I were helping somebody, I want to come alongside them. Number one, I want to help them evaluate where the faith honestly is at. If, they, if, their faith is, if they're at 50% faith, 50% unbelief, well, that's good news. Because they were once at 0% faith. They've moved forward, but they need to keep working on that to step into the fullness of their Here's the last thing I'd say as well. Um, again, there's many other keys I'd give you. I would want to be helping people press into what I would call relational truth. And by that, I mean meeting God in that truth. So there is a danger. I know people who are real worshippers, love intimacy with God, being in his presence, but really have very little truth of God's word in them. And I know some others who spend a lot of time in the word, but the word is often very theoretical, theological. And what I want to do myself, I want to take God's word. Let's say I open my Bible to Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord, your healer. And then I want to press into relationship with Jesus. Jesus, you are my healer. By your stripes, I really am here. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And I want to meet him in that word. I want to let the written word become the preceding word, that man shall not live by every word, you know, every, by bread alone, but by every preceding word. I want to let that word proceed and lodge deep down in my heart. So I hope that helps some of you guys. Uh, if you have any questions on that, I'd love to help you with that. Be a Berean, but be a person of the word. Don't follow your favorite church, your favorite teacher, including Graham Jones. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. Sila. Boom. Again, hey, if you're watching this video, please hit the subscribe button down there. Please share this video. People really need to hear some of the things I covered today. See you guys soon. Bye for now.